Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, good afternoon. The Nepalese Meditation Bowl is chiming, and that means it is time for The Art of the CEO, the show for people who enjoy the challenge of business and who want to do it a little better. I'm your host, Bart Jackson, the Hieronymus Bosch of business, and whether you are an amazingly innovative professional healer trying to get her new method across to clients like Katie, or the entrepreneur whose instant wine cooler needs funding for its prototype like Karim, we're here to bring you the sage counsel of business masters to help your career and your enterprise. Today's episode is entitled Rising from the Ashes. Yes, today we're going to give all of you working and budding entrepreneurs out there, a little ray of hope. We're going to talk about how one firm that was spiraling entirely downhill managed to stop it all, put on the brakes, reassess themselves, and totally bootstrap right back into an amazing success, uh, all the while keeping the exact same product and even many of the same clients. But uh, And the, that company is, was known at, is known today as usedcardboardboxes.com. And the amazing man who rose like Phoenix from the ashes is Mr. Marty Metro. Now, Marty geared himself up for the role of entrepreneur very admirably by getting a BA and an MBA, followed by several years of rising through the ranks of Anderson Consulting, where he guided Fortune 500 companies and also got used to lavish salaries. Uh, and then whimsy struck him, and he had a great idea and launched Boomerang Boxes, which was a marvelous solution to getting folks the cardboard boxes they needed. So he, like all entrepreneurs, he poured heart, soul, and immense amounts of cash into this. And how far down did his firm go? And how far has he rebounded back amazingly? Well, that's today's story, which Marty will relate for us. But before we uh, show your company how it really should be run, let me take a few moments to supply you out there with a few utensils for our Feast of Wisdom today. First, as I always do, allow me to remind each of you individuals hearing my voice that the good Lord has gifted you with the title and privileges of Chief Executive Officer of yourself. That's the most important position you will ever hold in your career. Will this be the day that you take advantage of summer's breezes and find some new way to work your skills and magic, or will you stick with the same old comfortable routine? The choice is truly yours. Secondly, it is time to dip into a little laughter and take a scriptural recitation from 101 Best Business Quips. Oh, let me grab the book here. Thumb through. Let's go toward the early part. Okay, here we go. Here we go. This is number 32, uh, and it says, My boss is one of those executives who makes better sense when my earbuds are plugged in. So as an afterthought, we invite all you folks to take that moment of pause before they speak to your staff. And does what you say make sense? Does it really fit the individuals you're addressing? Remember, the whole main reason you're opening your mouth is to elicit a desired response. Just a thought. And the third utensil, perhaps we should call this day's utensil the hash maker, we will give you the answers to last week's business quotation. Now, today, before we leave the air, we'll broadcast another quotation, and we invite you to email us with the name of the author of that quote, as you believe him or her to be. Simply write info at bartsbooks.com, I-N-F-O, 
B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com with the name of the author. And if you are right, we will announce your name on the air and send you a small gift. The author of last week's quote, that is the individual who said, someone is sitting in the shade today because someone planted a tree a long time ago, was none other than the wildly successful helmsman of Berkshire Hathaway Incorporated, Mr. Warren Buffett. So now, let us dig into today's feast and call upon the expertise of that entrepreneurial rebounder, Mr. Marty Metro. Marty, how are you doing today? I am outstanding, Bart. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so glad that you could come along. This is this is going to be a, a fun day. Uh, now, I uh, I understand that you were really riding high when you were with Anderson Consulting, and I am very curious as to what set you on the course of your first company, that is Boomerang Boxes. Was it just uh, an entrepreneurial itch? What what uh, brought it to you? Well, I, I guess I used to say back in the day I was an entrepreneur trapped inside of a corporate drone's body. And uh, <laughs> when I <laughs> I grew up I on the it. East Coast, yeah, I grew up on the East Coast uh, where my family kind of said, you you go to school, you get a good degree, you get a job, and you work your way up. And that's what I was doing, but I was just never really comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. A man with his own ideas, it sounds like. So that's... Uh, yeah. so, so you 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 got I, I but what possessed you to I think from the very beginning to say gee there's got to be a lot of great money in used cardboard boxes I mean you think of that is is set that out on the curb I mean right what uh, what put that what planted that idea in you Well I was working at um, you know as a consultant I was making a very good salary and traveling around the world helping big companies uh, implement software. And uh, nobody really understood what I did. I would say things like, uh, well, I work with enterprise resource planning technology to help large companies uh, optimize their supply chain. And it sounded really impressive, but nobody knew what it meant. And I wasn't even sure I knew what it meant. And uh, I, I rode the wave to You're at a cocktail party. You say that, and they nod, and they say yeah, they nod exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and they're back. They're back ordering another drink before I even finish my sentence. So, um, so I would, uh, you know, I, w- I was riding the wave of the dot coms, uh, making a lot of money and being very busy. Sure. sure. And uh, using lots of buzzwords. And then after the dot coms uh-huh. busted. There really wasn't a lot of consulting going on. There wasn't a lot of money being spent. And I had to really look at myself and said, what have I been doing for 10 years? And Uh I had a lot of buzzwords, but didn't really have a lot to show for it. And uh, there was about the time I was moving. And we had just bought this big, beautiful house. And I was driving a fancy car. And my wife and I just got back from a fancy vacation. And uh, I was Uh putting in a 110-inch TV screen in my my, uh, living room. So, you know, that just, it was a, you know, it was a movie screen, movie screen for, for TV. Yeah, right. And uh, um, then when I went, yours. exactly, exactly. And that was, you know, that was the dot-com age. And then when I went right, to get my right. moving boxes to move in, I went uh-huh. to you all and I said, I'm not paying $3 a box. And right. when I realized that somebody who's willing to put in a 110-inch TV screen but not willing to pay $3 for a box, I bet you there's more people out there like me. And that's what really started right. the initiative to figure out a way to get cheap boxes to people's homes. Oh my gosh! Well, now, so you started this out. I think it's a, I think it's a marvelous idea. Could you give us a, sort of a little like a, a 
the, the thumbnail executive summary of Boomerang Boxes. You said, okay, there's there's a lot of people like me. I got my market. I, 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 I mean, envisioned. What were you offering? Who are you trying to reach as customers? Well, we, we sort of know that's pretty much everyone. How did you set it up? What did you go with it with Boomerang? Yeah, gr- great question, and I and I have a feeling that we will circle back to this. So I want to I want to say it very clearly because okay. it was a huge lesson learned. Um, but the, the executive summary or the or the message was, boomerang boxes, earth friendly moving boxes for half the price of new, and that was my model. Earth friendly moving boxes half the price of new, and the way we Sounds did it was. Yeah, it sounds great, and, you know, everyone got it. I could say to anybody at a cocktail party, hey, I'm with Boomerang Boxes, or Friendly Moving Boxes, half the price of new, and they got it. And the model was – They wouldn't was, go for another drink. They'd actually listen to what you're doing. That's a, that's exactly. a step forward. Right? No, no need for optimizing supply chains there. So, um, so we, uh, the model was, hey, you've just moved in your house, and you right. got a lot of stuff to unpack. you got bubble wrap. you got tape. you got boxes. you got wardrobes. you got all that stuff, and it's a hassle. Make one phone call, and you can do one of two things. Bring it to us, and we'll pay you for it. Or uh-huh. give, I think that we changed the different numbers, the, the different pricing schemes, but the, the concept was bring it to us, and we'll pay you for it. And we would basically pay $0.10 cents on the dollar. Um, right. So if it was a dollar box, we'd give you $0.10 cents for it. And you know what? Uh-huh. It, it wasn't, you're not going to get rich giving us your boxes, but you might get 3 bucks or 4 bucks, and you're doing something good for the environment. Works. Yeah, exactly. Right. The other the other option was call us, and we'll bring a van out and pick it all up for you. And I think we at the at the end we charge twenty bucks for that. So for twenty bucks, your entire garage will be cleaned out, and we of course Good. get the boxes for free. So that was the model. Right. And we got tons of response. Everybody loved it. Everybody loved us coming out and picking up the boxes. Everybody loved buying boxes for cheap. And I was I was living the life of the entrepreneur. Oh, there you are. So you are, are, you've got it made, and the vision, this is, this is the one time where clients ma- uh, match the vision, and uh, you also had a real model, unlike the dot-com crash where people learned that you can't fax an anvil to Kansas, which was a great shock for most dot-com entrepreneurs. They actually had to <laughs> fulfillment. You had fulfillment. And so I understand this This ran on for like, like three years or so. Everyone loved yep. it. Everyone loves what you were doing. And everyone loved what you're doing, and yet you were constantly plunging yourself into debt. Have you ever thought of taking these skills and applying them to a political career? <laughs> exactly. I would be right. very good in, in our government. I'd be a lot. Of, yeah, I'd yeah, be very good. Right. I mean, wait. <laughs> I mean, I, I, we need to put you in charge of the War Department. Uh, we uh-huh. call it defense now. I understand when we attack a country. Anyway, that's a whole other story. Right. Uh, so let's get down to the troubles in 2005, I believe. Like many yeah. entrepreneurs, you had uh, sort of hit that sinking feeling, and you realized that the money was was going out faster than it was coming in, and yep. uh, and you saw things weren't working. So uh, I, you said you went to I believe you told me that you went to banks and VCs. Were you just taking more cash, or what was it, what was sort of the financial stats on this, and what were you looking for? Uh, back then at Boomerang Boxes, I was looking for more money to keep my runway going. And the, the model right. was somewhere in 2004 was this. Um, I would buy thousands of boxes for a dime. Right. And right. I would sell thousands of boxes for a dollar. 
and I'm making right. an enormous margin. I mean, show me a business where you can buy something that people want to sell something to you that you can then sell for 10 times as much. So on paper, man, does this look good. The yeah, problem I mean, I, I, was... On these schemes that don't even boast that. Exactly, exactly. So the problem was you have to have an infrastructure to do this. So I yeah. can buy 5,000 boxes for a dime, and I can sell 5,000 boxes for a dollar, and I've made right. whatever that is, less than $5,000. Uh-huh. But I'm busy. Right. My customers are happy. That's thousands of boxes coming in and out of my facility, and I now have less than $5,000 in top-line revenue. Well, I see what you mean. My yes, retail right, right. store costs me $5,000 a month. My employees cost me $3,000 a month. My uh-huh. delivery van costs me $1,000 a month. And you can see very quickly that right, 5,000 right. boxes doesn't do Which is a, squat. It a, keeps a you very busy, number. but it doesn't. Yeah. You would think it's a huge number. That's lot, multiple delivery vans full. Uh, I mean, multiple. Yeah, but yeah. when you look at it, just plain on a piece of paper, it's it's laughable. You know, your so top line is, revenue for a month of five thousand mm-hmm. yeah. so dollars. By the way, that's this what is a us. thought I might like to add for people, for the entrepreneurs out there from my own line, is that you're going to be going and facing VCs and banks. And you're going to be tempted to talk to them very much about how wonderful your product is and how wonderful your market is. What they want to see is they want to see that paper. They want to see the money. And if this is this can very often be a problem. Anyway, I, I uh, so before the the troubles all hit uh, at this, um, how many how many stores did you have? You've given us some of the numbers. Did did you have just the one facility, or did you have more? Uh, at the at the at the peak, uh, we had four retail stores. And uh, one was the beginning of a franchise model. Um, it had been well, actually ah, two of them it had, been, had been licensed out. So two, two we owned, two we licensed out. None made any money. <laughs> all, all, all were generating revenue. All were losing, um, losing money every every day. Oh my goodness! And well. This must have been a, a fairly frantic piece of your life, Marty. Um, and other, where were you? Uh, you must have seen the downward spiral. Uh, where did you turn for help? What, what were some of the other steps you took um, but before the, the, the total makeover? But what, what, what were some of the things you, you kind of tried to do to put the brakes on? Well, it, it was it was very difficult because it didn't look bad. Now, keep in mind, I was a guy who had not a ton of money in the bank, but I had a good amount of money in the bank because I had just spent right. 10 years as, a, as an ERP consultant, and my wife makes a good living as well, and we, you know, we're adding, we, we like to say back then, you know, whatever you spent that month, it's no big deal because you're getting another paycheck, you know, and, right. and don't worry right, about right, it. Right. Um, so we were kind of living the dream, and uh, right, right. Uh-huh. then... What was happening was we started to see, wow, our personal bank account is going down, and it started going down faster and faster. And then we got to the point where I was kind of hiding things behind my wife, 
you know, I asked her, can I put 50 <laughs> oh, grand? Yeah, you know, can I put 50 grand? Uh, yeah. So, so she said, sure, you know, take 50 grand, put it into a business bank account, let's try it out. Well, that went to, you know, from 50 to 100 to 150 to, hey, you know what? I don't need to take our money out. I could just go to a bank. So I went to a bank and I got a $100,000 line of credit. And I said, wow, $100,000, this is easy. So I threw that into the business. And what I learned again is, you know, you don't throw a line of credit into operating costs because they just go, they just go away. Right. You know, oh, yeah. need so they barely charge every time you take something out. They, boy, that 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 line, the revolving line of credit, is a con job that that I has sent more businesses down the tubes than I can uh, I care to yep. mention. It, it can be very, boy, very, we, very dangerous. Oh, I'm glad you pointed that out, uh, Marty. Just in case uh, our listeners uh, want to be thrifty and be green, could tell us before we go to the break, how can they get in touch and take advantage of the new of the new current wonderful company, UseCardboardBoxes.com? How how do they? If, if I want to get them you in. just you just said a mouthful because if you ask me what's our new marketing plan, it's called usedcardboardboxes.com. That's all you need to know. If you want to all buy right. used cardboard boxes or you want to sell them, just go to usedcardboardboxes.com and everything is right there online. Wonderful, wonderful. Ladies and gentlemen, loath as I am to start this this flow of, of fascinating story and insights, we've reached the midpoint of our feast, and I'd like to take a brief sorbet, if I may. It's time for us to introduce that company by whose good graces we are here today, and that firm is Prometheus Publishing, creator of Bart's Books Ultimate Business Guides, and you may visit them at bartsbooks.com, B-A-R-T-S-B-O-O-K-S.com, and explore a wide wealth of business tools. Prometheus Publishing would like to invite those who are enjoying today's show to take a look at a couple of our books. Um, One is Manage Your World on One Page, written by Dr. Stephen Payne. And Stephen is an international business consultant who shows in his book the, the fine art of distilling your thoughts, your goals, and your strategies, and along with uh, the many benefits that thinking things through to a concise point often brings. And another book, which many of our listeners have been visiting, is called So That's How They Do It. And this is a book which takes those uh, most effective business strategies, mindsets, and disciplines of successful business masters and turns them into useful tools that uh, you can apply to your career and, and your own enterprise. So if you are are interested in either book uh, or you need some business advice, we invite you to visit bartsbooks.com and browse the bookstore. Ladies and gentlemen, and those who are dozing at their desks this afternoon, we are back with the very insightful Mr. Marty Metro. And Marty, in the middle of all this downturn with, with Boomerang, which is an ironically uh, interesting name for it, shall we say, how did all this affect you? <laughs> How did all this affect you personally? I mean, you're you're a family man, and and this this must have been tough, right? It was it was horrible um, for I guess two or three reasons. Um, you know, number one, everybody from the outside thought I was a genius. Every, I mean, yeah. I was on ABC yeah. and CBS and NBC. All the all the local news stations loved us. The uh, environmental people loved us and the customers loved us. And, you know, it's very hard to say, hmm, this isn't working when there's a line 
at your door at 9 a.m. on Saturday morning when you're opening up the store. There's a line already there. Oh, How gosh. can you possibly yeah. say it's not yeah. working? What oh, is not gosh. working is when you get home and your wife says, did you just write another check to the company for $25,000 without me telling, you know, without telling me that's, uh, that's the only way it doesn't work. And, and you say, to, you know, you say, well, but, but, but look, it's working. And you know, other people say, look, I'm not a CPA, but right. something's not working. Something's, there's a disconnect yeah. here because we're talking arithmetic here. Marty, yeah, yeah. you know, this is I, I'd like our, our listeners to get uh, as much as they can out of your uh, experience, which you're kind enough to share with us. I'd, I'd like you to, to sort of give an answer, if you can, to that every entrepreneur and business owner sort of thinks about how far downhill should I chase my company? And by that, I mean, what are some of the signs that uh, things just are not coming back? You've given one of them yeah. and you keep writing the checks. But what are, what are some of the, the, the red flags that I, as an entrepreneur, should be looking for? Um, really, really good question. I do a lot of public speaking because of this experience. Um, <laughs> one of the talks, one of the talks I give is planning up and down and left to right. And it's a really important to understand planning up and down and planning left to right. Up and down is your financial statement. Your revenue minus your cost equals your profit. But people right. forget, and you mentioned earlier, people have all these ideas and they go, oh, I can, I can buy something at $5 and sell it at 10 I'm going to be rich. Yeah, yeah. So that's planning <laughs> up and down. You need right. to plan left to right, which means what are you going to do your first month? What are you going to do your second month? What are you going to do your third month? It's not going to make money day one. And you have to plan out your cash flow and realize two things. Mm -hmm. One, it takes time for your, not your revenue to pay your bills but your, or to pay your salary, but your profit is what pays. So you can make $10 oh, million dollars a year, but if it costs you $11 million to make it, you should have just stayed home and watched TV. And I think the, I, the answer is – Gentlemen, I yeah. – Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say that, ladies and gentlemen, I hope that you're listening to that. He says, not your revenue – but your profit needs to be paying these things. And that's a quill pen moment in my estimation. <laughs> I'd like you to take your pen, dip it in the inkwell, and write that out, that, it's, that you're looking to pay from profit, not revenue. Thank you, Marty. Yeah, you know, people I say it all the time. It's like, I'm, what, I'm, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, what would you suggest to other businesses uh, as they want to assess their, their, for their own business health, you, you said left and down, uh, up, up and down, left and right, and I think that's good. Can you also, what are some of the other sources? Can you, is there something within the employees uh, or, or morale, or is that just deceptive sometimes? I think it's very deceptive, and you have to be very, very careful. If you're shelling out money, I mean, buy your uh -huh. employees pizza and beer every day, and guess what? You're going to have happy employees. Right. That doesn't that doesn't build <laughs> yeah. the business. Right. Um, right. So you're, it's, it's really uh, – there's so many people out there that want to be an entrepreneur because they like the way it sounds, they like the way it feels. The reality is right. a business is nothing more than an engine. That engine needs to run and it needs to produce something. So if you want to be an entrepreneur because you want to save the whales, that's great. I hope you have an engine somewhere else that's going to be able to pay for you, pay for the boat, pay for the, the insurance, pay for all those things, because saving the whales doesn't 
pay the bills. You need to run a fishery. You need to run a something to, to be able to pay for the boat so that you can go out and save the whales. But you have to remember, a business is a vehicle. It's a vehicle. It's an engine. You need to put things into it, and your engine needs to spit out value. And so many people forget that, you know, it doesn't matter if you're saving the whales, if you're building houses, if you're selling used boxes. Your engine has to produce something of value or else you won't be able to pay the bills. And you won't, it won't be worth it to you. Now Unless you you're a nonprofit. You bank after bank. You talk to, you said, hundreds of VCs and banks. You turned the, you got some advice about turning the company around. What did, what's, what was the new engine that really did fuel the business, that really made it work the way you've got it today? Um, the old engine was neighborhood stores where people could drop off random size boxes, random quality, random quantity, um, and then I had the onus of figuring it out and trying to resell them uh, to people that might or may, not, may or may not need those boxes. And that right. I had to pay thousands of dollars of infrastructure at that one retail store to try and figure this out. Right. The new model right. is we only buy from huge Fortune 500 manufacturers. You know, the, the big ah. food, beverage manufacturers, um, General Mills, uh, those types right. of companies. So we get millions of consistent same-size boxes over and over and over again. And then instead ah. of having retail stores – we have a, a very strong partnership with both UPS and FedEx, and we have seven regional distribution centers that use FedEx and UPS to deliver to customers' homes uh, within one or two business days anywhere in the country. So whether I, whether I sell 100 moving kits tomorrow or 10,000 moving kits tomorrow, it doesn't really affect my day. I already have the systems in place to make and deliver those kits. You have managed with a new process. You've come. You've got greater quantity coming in with less operational overhead. Is what you're saying, right? Exactly. You nailed it. Uh huh. Now you sell to Walmart. You sell, as you said, UPS. Uh, I mean, uh, to to uh, a lot of big retail places that give you the same size boxes. So that's and, and yet. Your clients can still go out there. I want a, a, a kit for to, to to get boxes from my home, and so the client is still getting the same thing, isn't he? Uh, they're getting better. They're getting a more consistent product. Whereas it used to be the, the a consumer could just walk in yeah. and pick out three of these, two of those, and if they came back uh, next month, we'd probably have different boxes. Now they get consistent. You know, if you, you order a kit today, you order a kit for a month from now, they're going to be very, very similar uh, because, again, we're buying them by the millions on a recurring basis. Marty, I think, I think everyone uh, has, has learned a lot from what you've done, and I think it's a great way. You have, you've really outlined it well. We, we have, we're coming to the end, but I, you do something. Yours is not a particularly glitzy business, and yet you've made it so you brought it up. For some of us non-glitzy business owners out there, uh, we have just a minute. To, could you give me one good marketing tip that uh, in my pedestrian-style business I might not be taking advantage of right now? Um, yeah, I, I would say be careful about marketing. Marketing uh -huh. an engine that doesn't produce value 
is a huge right. waste of time and money. So don't market. Don't build it and they will come. Um, uh-huh. well, no, sorry, don't market it before it's there. Um, go right. out and build yourself an engine that produces value. Once you have that engine, you can speak from the heart, you can tell people about it, you can share it, and slowly build that engine to kick out more and more and more value. But don't run around town with the social media and the tweets and the this and the that, expecting that if you have 5,000 followers, you're somehow going to make money. Because 5,000 followers doesn't make you money. 5,000 followers right. of an engine that makes money then can, make, then, then can increase that money. But people think that marketing drives money. No, it's, it's uh-huh. marketing drives attention. The engine has to actually make the money. Thank you very much, Marty. This has been great. We really appreciate it. And so, ladies and gentlemen, as we round out today's show, I'd like to leave you with the, uh, today's business quotation, and that is, who is the man who said, you know you're in a recession when your neighbor loses his job, and you know it's a depression when you lose yours? Hint, this gentleman had a chimp's eye view of the globe. I'll let you give them. And remember, if you know the author of today's quotes, just write that name as best as you remember it. Send it into info at bartsbooks.com, and we will send you a, a small gift. Finally, as a parting shot in the words of my wife's husband, the nice thing about a business plateau is that it takes only one hefty bootstrapping step to raise yourself above it. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, it has been a privilege. I thank you. Good day.